Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hey, Dr. Drew here, and this is just a reminder that the discussions here are not a substitute for medical care or medical evaluation. This is purely for entertainment and education. We hope you learn something. But see your doctor, get proper medical care. We need to ask everyone who subscribes to the show, please listen to the podcast when it drops and give us a little discussion about it. It really helps. Also, we want to thank our sponsor, Hydrolyte. Go to the banner on drdrew.com for details. If you click on the drdrew.com Hydrolyte banner, we have a 30% discount for those particular vendors on the Amazon site. I'll tell you more during the break. Support our sponsors so we can bring you more This Life podcast. Well, one of the great parts about working in recovery is seeing former patients successfully move on. And I've had patients that have come up to me years later and uh, shake my hand and say, you know what, sometimes people are kicked out of treatment. And uh, many of these folks move on to become mental health professionals themselves. And, of course, the field of psychology is vast. The need for competent practitioners is huge. If you're considering this rewarding career, I urge you to consider the California School of Professional Psychology at Alliant University. Now, I've known them for a long time at Alliant University. I've spoken at their past events. It was founded in 1969. It's boasts an alumni network of nearly 50,000 people worldwide. And Alliant has fostered many of today's mental health pioneers, authors, and advocates. CSPP at Alliant University hosts both on-ground and online programs in business psychology, marriage and family therapy, clinical counseling. They also offer APA-accredited doctoral programs in clinical psychology that can allow for specialization in child psychology, clinical forensic psychology, and integrated psychology. And the faculty is crazy. It's made up of, of leaders and historical figures like Abraham Maslow, Carl Rogers, Viktor Frankl, some of the true fathers of modern psychology. For more information, and I worked alongside of these students as well, by the way, in the clinical setting, as well as having lectured at the institution. So for more on the California School of Professional Psychology, CSPP, at Alliant, click the Alliant banner on our website or visit Alliant, A-L-L-I-A-N-T dot E-D-U, Alliant dot E-D-U. Hey, this is Dr. Drew, and you are listening to This Life with Bob Forrest and Dr. Drew. Here we are. Okay. All right, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, gather around the iPhone once again. It's another episode <laughs> of This Life with Dr. Drew and Bob Forrest. Here we are. So, Here we are. So... Last couple of weeks, we've been doing shows on uh, Las Vegas. Las Vegas. Now, this is on the heels of the Harvey Weinstein. The thing that the, knocked Las Vegas off the news cycle. The Harvey Weinstein, which bothers you yeah. greatly. It really does. Because? America's obsessed with sex. Anything that's got that sexual component, they will pay more attention to. You know, we seem to we get off on violence quite a bit. It seems like <laughs> violence is the other thing we seem to get very interested in. But anyways, the, the reason why I wanted to get together with our guests and you and talk about this is there's everybody wants a solution to things. So now we're going to take this big, bad, oogie-boogie guy down, and then everything, now we're going to be an enlightened society, an enlightened Hollywood. This sort of thing will never happen now. It's yeah. all going to be different. I have no faith that that's going to happen. Right. Absolutely. Oh, there's yeah. Tani Katane. There you go. We've got Tani Katane and Jenny Ketchum with us. Hi, Tani. Hi, Jenny. Hi, hi. 
Hello. You, you know, Bob, um, first of all, hi, Jenny. Nice to see you. Hi, Tony. Nice to see you. Of course, of course. And Bob, to your point, I did uh, uh, Drew's show a couple weeks ago, and it was about, we were talking about me taking my implants out. Mm -hmm. And it's it kind of falls along in the same kind of narrative of women who put these big things. I mean, I'm not against you trying to keep looking like yourself and younger, but to put these enormous big boobs on you so that you can attract men. Yeah. You, you know, it's just, it's just another, it goes right with what Bob was just well, saying. Well, it's also funny you guys bring that up, Tony, right now, because I was just, what I was rushing to read as we were getting going here was uh, Mayim Bialik's in the news, you know, from Blossom and from the Big Big Bang Theory. Right. She, I, I, I can't quite figure out what her argument is. She's a very smart woman. And she was saying something along the lines of what you're saying, Tony, which is that women have sort of fetishized themselves. And to some extent, I think she's saying she was sort of she was accused of victim blaming. But uh, I think she's saying that women need to be aware of what they're doing when they do stuff like that. I think. Uh, uh, you know what? And even if that, I I, I didn't hear the statement either. I but, didn't hear it. Yeah, it's, um, but it's a good statement. She's being attacked. Is that the she's thing? being attacked because she's the people accused of victim blaming? Mm-hmm. I, I wouldn't have gone through all the hell and the surgery. If I did not 100% believe with her, so bring it on, attack me if you want to. But it's true. I think um, I noticed if there were a hundred men that used to look at me, only 75 of them now do. <laughs> okay. By getting rid of these, I dropped 25% of the douchebags out there. There you go. So, Jenny, you have your PhD now, right? <laughs> Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> Don't you? No, no, no. I, no, I, no, I have my master's in social work. I, the debate had been on whether to get a PhD because I want to be called a doctor or because of it's actually a pragmatic and utilitarian uh, thing for me to have. And anyway, it turns out that at this point, I just want to be called a doctor, which is not a good reason to do anything. So, <laughs> so it, was it an MSW you got? Yeah. MSW. Yeah, so, All right. So do you, have MSW. An, do you have an opinion on this little topic? Does this piece of the topic we've gotten into so far? Yeah, I mean, so here's the thing, right? Like, the, this idea that, like, women should be aware of, like, the way that we are sexualizing and fetishizing ourselves. I mean, you can't, like, fish don't know they're in water, right? Like, we are part of this broader system that believes that women need X, Y, and Z in order to be valuable and to be found sexy. And so it, it is one thing to say, like, yeah, be aware that you're in that. And to a certain extent, like, we don't realize the actions that we're taking while we're taking them if they are so deeply embedded in our psyche and like who we are that we can't even see it. It's like implicit bias, right? Like yeah. most people don't understand like the depth of their own racism, especially most white people, which yeah. is why it's so hard for us to wrap our heads around like the fact that racism still exists. All right. So you packed a lot in there. So, so, yeah. So, sure <laughs> yeah, so, so what, what, so Tani, I, I think since we're using you as the as subject A, uh, what Jenny is saying is that if you were a fish swimming in water, you know, someone asks you, how's the water today? You just go, what's water? And, 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 and that, and you somehow, this has come, become more conscious to you what you were doing. How did that happen? Yeah. Um, I think uh, just, you know, you trade in, uh, great elasticity um, of your skin for brain cells. <laughs> <laughs> you grow up. <laughs> that That's is real. the most amazing way I've ever heard of it. Yeah. 
I'll, and, I'll buy into that. And Tommy. to be fair, if I if I could jump a few years ahead of you and then you give up those brain cells again, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I'm sorry to say. <laughs> well, you, we're not there yet. I, mm. oh, okay. Yeah. I'm sorry. What did you say, Drew? After I said that, I said if I could jump a few years ahead of you, I'm, I'm giving the brain cells back now that I oh, earned yes, yes, <laughs> through please. maturation. Yeah. But, exactly. but so the, the subject that I'm interested in, it, we all know this has gone on, whether it was Harvey Weinstein or it's anybody, mm-hmm. we all know it goes on. There's a complicitness in the whole system of Hollywood, whether it's in porn or the Academy Award well, films. I think, I think Jenny's going to immediately go in society generally, of which society yeah. is just a focused version. But, but I think uh, the, the subject is Hollywood, though, right. because it's okay. Harvey Weinstein. Right. Yeah. And yeah. I don't see any differentiation between the way that men that I know in the porn industry, the porn, you know, big shots mm-hmm. act as, as it's the same way as Harvey Weinstein does, the same way that people in, in most entertainment, there's so much power in the yep. people that control the industry, okay. it's been on. It, it, there is no other industry like it. But were the, because but, other but, industries have. See, when you're an actress, you're just you're not an employee. Yeah, you're just garbage. You can just be treated however you want. You can you're be a nice. You're a, no, you're a yeah. begging to be an employee. It's a horrible no, system. You're, you're begging Hollywood. to be an independent contractor. Yes. Yeah. And yep. Th- yep. that's why the CEOs of Hardee's or Carl's Jr. don't go, male- you know, sexually harassing the line staff at the local restaurant yeah. because there are laws and 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 rules to that corporation. There are no laws and rules to Hollywood. Mm. That's there true, aren't. Even the companies that you just mentioned, they have their HR department, right? Mm-hmm. Who's the who is the HR department for? It's for the yeah. company. Well, you know what I'm but to Drew, follow out. me. I, I just think that there's a lot more of this goes on in Hollywood than any other industry because of that component yeah. to it. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's actually one of the biggest reasons of why I got into porn instead of trying to pursue a mainstream acting career i always thought if i'm going to suck dick to get ahead then i'm going to do it on the camera where i know i'm going to be paid for my services and there is no shame about that and at no point can anybody turn around really take that in drew what she just said i'm wondering if you actually had that thought or that's just in retrospect you're thinking oh no that that was like an actual thought There, there it was sort of the, the the things I've discovered in retrospect are much more about like um, sort of motivations like, for it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And how Deeper like patterns from my youth yeah, yeah. primed me to, to behave and make these decisions. But right. in terms of like intentional decision making, it was like, how much money can I make really fast? How can I make sure that nobody at any point says something that I didn't actually like there's no secrets, right? Like every dick that I sucked was on camera and well documented, and uh, and that's what I was. That's what I was being rewarded but prior, for. Prior um, to that decision, had you had interface with the the legitimate or whatever you want to call it, the mainstream entertainment community as an actress aspiring to get a role and been sec- asked for sex? I was 17 prior to that. Okay. <laughs> you know, I, I started in porn when I was when I was 18 doing uh, nude photo shoots. And so even even that um, I, I, I knew enough about the entertainment industry, sort of living on the periphery of it, living in the exaggerated world of it, which is basically just the porn industry. 
um, I knew enough about the entertainment industry to know that I didn't want to have to, you know, um, do what many women have had to do to get into positions that they've gotten into. Connie was saying no, no pun intended. Yeah. And, and I, we are, there are a lot of us that, I mean, that never crossed my mind and it never happened to me. I was dealing with legitimate people that were legitimately doing legitimate jobs. And I, I've talked to you about this before, Drew. Not one time was anybody in my profession um, uh, groping or trying to get sexual favors out of me for jobs. And now that I'm hearing all these brave women coming forward and telling their stories, I know there has to be more women like me that that never happened to. So to put a whole blanket over the industry, Bob, I think there's probably like 10 more people, 20 more people shaking in their boots right now. Um, Mm -hmm. But one of the reasons that I'm on the show today, I think with you, um, Bob and Drew and and Jenny, of course, who I just met, and you're absolutely loved, is that... Oddly enough, never, ever once did anybody uh, try to, um, to to do that to me. Yeah, but I, I, let me let me ask a few questions. So nobody, no agents ever tried to ask you to dinner? No. Now, I've had this before um, in my personal life. That's what I'm talking about. This, this but, is all yeah. personal, though. It's, it's a blurring of the no, lines. No, without anybody that she worked with. Yeah, I'm talking about like when I was on vacation and ran into somebody and they weren't even American or in the industry. So this has happened to me, but it has never happened to me with my after my SAG card ever, ever in this business. Okay. But I, I just think that a lot of times when you exist in an industry like this, what becomes normal for somebody who's above you in a position of power at an agency that you're um, that you're managed by or or represented by asking you on a date and the ability to say no now you may not have been in that position but I know thousands of women who have been in that position and it's a well, difficult thing because you don't know whether saying no means you're not going to be at that agency anymore yep. Well, you know what? I always, I'm to listen. I was very lucky. Mm-hmm. I was, my career happened at the, the, the stars and moon and everything lined up for me. And I realized that I am very lucky. And I realized that some of our best actors and actresses are waiting tables are waiting on me and they can blow me out of the water in terms of acting. I have just, I have been very fortunate to never, ever have experienced that. Um, And I see what you're saying. Yes, I have been asked to dinner, but I have a lot of misplaced anger. (laughs) That that would not go over well with me at all. Like there's no way. And maybe that's the vibe I gave off. Maybe. Don't even try. And plus, Bob, I started at such a young age that I had a plethora of worthy IDMB projects Mm -hmm. that I didn't have to suck anybody off to to get a job. And absolutely no, um, should anybody look down on anybody for doing whatever you need to do to take care of your family. I totally get that. And I am no judgment at all. And, and as a matter of fact, I really respect you um, for coming out and actually talking about it because it is something that needs to be talked about. But 
I've, I've been vacillating over the last couple of days. I even said this to Drew yesterday. I mean, should I be like unflat? I mean, did people not find me attractive? Did they <laughs> no. like, not think I was cute? Because I never got sexually harassed in any way, shape, or so form. So I, th- I think, Jenny, we've hit, hit on something here that women can adopt as an, a, a strategy, which is uh, subliminal rage. Just have some rage ready to go, ready at hand. Yeah, like, rage ready at hand, and men will kind of hold up. Like, hold think up. twice, yeah. Yeah, yeah, just carry daggers in your eyes and maybe one or two in your purse, and then uh, <laughs> exactly. all the Weinsteins of the world will know better than That's the mess true. with you. That's true, and I think you're all making a very valid point, and Bob, to your, your point, is that maybe – I had gone to dinner with an agent or producer or whatever, and they may have thought at the beginning, unbeknownst to me, that this is going to end a certain way. But mm-hmm. they didn't know who they were dealing with. <laughs> there I, you go. Well, let, I, let me let, touch let, on that, Drew, because I think that's what happened. No, of with course, her. I think of course that's what happened. Also, but, but, you had some very powerful boyfriends, also husbands. Yes, yeah. yes, some very powerful. Yes, but so so Jenny, how do we? balance this concern that we're discussing here against vilifying heterosexual males well i mean listen like here's the thing like males in general are going to be vilified whether they're heterosexual that's the age that we're living in drew for the with with few exceptions males are the ones who commit rape right like it, it is yeah. It is not, of course, exclusive, but like in my understanding, like no, that's true. men are the main perpetrators, whether they're gay or heterosexual. But um, yeah, this is, I, I honestly don't know, Drew. I have no idea. This is such a bigger systemic problem that well, but it, it's, it, it, it's just sort of exaggerated. And I, I mean, I, I, my, my hope is, though, I, I just, I hate the idea that we have, a, we're creating more victims every time we try to adjust, you know, to one problem, we create more problems. You know what I mean? Let's, let's, is there a way to, to understand this? Well, I, that's what I'm saying is the well, idea that this is going to wash Hollywood clean yeah. and everything's going to be okay is naive. So but, but, let's have a dialogue but, about how do we get there or on, how do we on. become... But by the same token, we got millennial males. Jenny, I don't know if you're seeing this clinically. Not having sex. Not, not having sex, afraid to speak with women for fear of being misinterpreted, especially if they have had a beer or a woman has had a beer. They will not speak to them. Uh, and if it's and if it does time to have physical contact, they want to they want to document, they want to sign off. Yeah, you know, interesting. And, and it's and it's it's really del- causing these tremendous uh, stunting of people's ability to navigate relationships. And oh, we're, yeah. what I'm seeing a lot of is by the time they hit middle young, like twenty four to twenty eight, then they do feel like okay, I, I'm going to form a relationship. If it doesn't work out, they start stalking. Because they get obsessed because they right, can't yeah. they can't right. flexibly navigate relationships they've not had the experience. Right. I mean that's interesting. So like clinically, that. I'm dealing with a lot of techies, and so they're not speaking to women for an entirely different yeah. set of reasons. Yeah. Yeah. Um but you know what? That may contribute to it. And given that I am in Seattle, which is uh sort of an epicenter of uh liberal and progressive ideology, uh I I wouldn't see that as too far off. Um, mm-hmm. And there it's, it's challenging because we don't really encourage conversation about this. We, we do demonize those who are wrong. Like, you know, like in, in what I said earlier about like uh, white people, not understanding their own like power and privilege, like the, the way to have that conversation isn't to be forceful and isn't to be 
cruel about it or to be blaming. It's to be kind and, and compassionate. And right. so, you know, t- teaching millennials, teaching kids from a very young age what it is to have to have power and what it is to have privilege and what it is not to have power, what it is to have experienced depression is something that can certainly contribute to greater dialogue and a deeper understanding. And at the same time, I think we're going to have to go through a lot of growing pains in order to get there. But don't you think what's going on in America, where as a parent, you're being forced to have conversations with children that are hearing things at school. Elvis is seven now. Mm -hmm. And he said, you know, why would somebody vote for Trump? Right. And I said, well, Mm -hmm. there's lots of different reasons. Some people believe in what he was saying. Some people are angry. Some people, and I told him this to bring it back to entitlement, Jenny, is there's a lot of people that aren't as lucky as us, Elvis. We live very, very comfortably, and a lot of people don't, and that frustrates them, and it's frustrating a lot of people in our country right now. And we need to appreciate how wonderful and blessed our lives are, and we need to also understand and listen to people whose lives aren't like that. I had that conversation with him yesterday. Brilliant. It's, it's so, brilliant. And, so and, and children need to be taught this. Yeah. And, yeah. and I don't think, I think parents are scared to have that conversation. I think a lot of white upper middle class elites are mm-hmm. scared to have those conversations. They tend to want to make everything wonderful and we all just care about each other all the time and not really discuss why are people so angry. Tony? Yeah. Right? Well, you know, if, if I'm going to be honest with you, just freaking hippie i am being sexually harassed by fans of mine on on snapchat Hmm. on snapchat yeah i'll tell you what bob um how do you even understand snapchat i'm sorry i don't even we're drew and i were talking about today we don't even understand snapchat good for you good for you Problem is, and 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 it didn't even really hit me until just now. But uh, so um, I I post a lot on Twitter and Instagram, but I put like more of the truth of my day on Snapchat. Wow. Because okay? it'll disappear. Yeah. Well, not a, well. Yeah, it'll disappear. It's easy to do. It's a four second long, uh, you know, look peep into someone's life, and I'll do multitudes. Well, what happens is is I get these messages back and I learned a long time ago not to look at them because what guys were doing were taking pictures of their genitals. And then I would open up my, my snap and just go, Oh my God, this is disgusting. So yes, but these aren't people that are in the industry. Yeah. These are just people. But, but, but it is, it is a great example of why it's easy to vilify males. <laughs> like the yeah. thing. It's like, what is that behavior? What? I, yeah. Let's just, let's just explore so that penis shooting thing. It's so bizarre. Why would, I, why would, has any woman ever opened a file on a phone and looked wait, at wait, it with a penis and gone, oh my God, I have to have that. I got to beat this guy. <laughs> This is this is my man. I want the one. <laughs> but but so disgusting, Drew. What I, I do know they think they're accomplishing. Well, Jenny's Drew. the closest to academia. What 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 are the, is anybody what studying are they this? Trying to, anybody well, is anybody studying this, Jenny? Oh oh oh. Uh, so no, I mean not that I know of, but that doesn't mean that it's not happening. Tony seems to. Go, 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 go. Oh, I could go through. I won't. No, no, thank you. No, no, no. We don't need to see it. I'll show you. I 
But what is the mentality behind it? I don't know. It's so but weird. Don't know, but guys, aren't it's you- peeping Tom stuff. Is it? Yeah. You think it's yeah, it's, fla- it's flasher stuff. It's peeping Tom stuff. It's just a, a new mechanism for that. You don't, they don't have to walk down the street and do it. And in, in a, a world where we've normalized sending dick pics and, and, and receiving them and it, it being like a, an acceptable form of like introduction. Hey, listen, uh, in Jenny, in California, they're doing it uh, out into the age of 18 a lot. And each transmission is a felony. And each, really? re- each reception oh, is a felony. About 75 guys that I could put in jail. No, 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 for the under 18. <laughs> under 18. <laughs> but, but, but you would go to but – but if you – But if, but you, if it was a teen who yeah. was sending it. If it was a teen accepting, he would have committed felony trafficking and child porn, but you would mm-hmm. have also committed a felony for accepting it. Mm-hmm. Oh, but I, yeah. I'm, I'm a public figure. Mine isn't closed. Just saying. That, it's the craziest is, thing ever. Yeah. So now we've now we've gone from we've gone from uh, the hugest sexual harassment story in American history well. to dick pics. It is the Harvey well, Weinstein. I mean, what was what was Bill? Bill, huh? Cl- Bill Clinton. Bill Clinton was not no, this and, magnitude and, and over over How about Bill Cosby. Cosby. Yeah. Was, Cosby. You're talking about Angelina Jolie and Gwyneth Paltrow. Yeah, you yeah. know what I mean. This is not going to go away. The president this is of gonna, the United the fucking States. The president of the United States. Kind of a big deal. <laughs> that, I don't think it was equal to this. I can tell you, I don't think it was equal to this. Well, but but Jenny's bringing up an interesting point, which is that that this has been this this magnitude. Maybe this is the biggest. I won't argue with you on that. But this, at least, this magnitude of scandal has been around now for fifteen years. Yeah. At least, and and why, and and here we are again. Does that mean it's just recalcitrant? Does that mean we're not going to change? I think we are going to change. This one feels like yeah. the uh, like a, this is like, what change looks like. Yeah. Okay. All right. But I That's thought what it feels Sandy. Like wait a minute. I thought Sandy yeah. Hook was what change looked like, and no, it didn't no. change at no, all. I thought Sandy Hook was kindergartens was, being shot in Bob, their classroom wouldn't change America. No, I said it's, Look, it, we yeah. crossed a line with that and moved into a new phase. With yeah, Sandy yeah. Hook, is right. it, it, not, lots of lots of little changes make a big giant change, right? That's like, what I was the civil saying rights earlier. Movement. Yeah. Uh, that was one uh, pretty big change, and uh, here we are, same sort of issues, just sort of a, a different population and a different. <laughs> Why uh, do you think we're so obsessed with sex and violence in America? Jenny first, then then Tony. <laughs> I mean, I don't. Because it's easy. Because it's what we sell everything with. Because why do we sell everything it with it, Drew? Makes money. Yeah, it's a commodity. We commodity. Yeah. Why? Why is it so easily monetized? Why are Why are there nineteen mo- war movies about Iraq? I watched Iraq on CNN. I don't need to watch it in a movie. You don't need war porn. No, I don't need war porn or murder porn or any of this. And so and boring. I don't understand why <laughs> it's so popular. Right? Well, because we're Puritans, we were we were based on this like puritanical idea of no sex and like you know no taxes, and this is just sort of the exaggeration of that. Like lots of sex. I mean, the tax thing is a different sort of thing, but that's why it's still such a hot button issue. Is it? Like, is it a no, we're into lots of taxes now too. It's good. Is it a religious thing? Is it a religious Seattle? I just paid my car tabs. Is it? Is it a Jesus thing? Is it a religious component? The naughty, naughty, naughty. Well, I, I think. No, no. 
No, I think it is. I think there's something there. What Jenny's saying in terms of it's an opposition to our history or an opposition. It's a, it's a it's a what what do you call we call you all the time when you're always oppositional defiance. It's sort okay. of an oppositional yeah. defiant thing. Mm-hmm. On one hand, but on the other, it is emotional regulation. We do yeah. such a poor job of developing mm-hmm. a regulatory landscape, which requires human relations. We yep, have obfuscated yep. human relations on behalf of commercialism, and this is just what we get: is then we turn to commercialism to regulate, and this stuff regulates us in, in through arousal, right? Sound right? Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. I mean, we're even beginning to so, so like the internet and like forms of emotional regulation and learning. I mean, people regulate their sexuality through the internet. Yeah. That's what you know, sex addiction is yeah, like. That's right. <laughs> regulating the, the fact that you feel totally invalidated yeah. and and lonely with like massive amounts of pornography, and now we're moving into um, what is it called uh, a, a type of therapy where where um, we're using like digital. It's a digital interface, but it's it's like a what non-human what is that? In artificial intelligence. Yeah, yeah. I mean, some 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 sort of it's a different word for that, but yes, fundamentally, and like as a way to help people move through like social anxiety and um, um, fear of intimacy, and and that's the sort of that's the sort of breakdown that we're moving towards. Yeah, that's right. And Tani's giving us a tour of her house. But yeah, then I'm, 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 where I'm, are we going, Tani? But then I'm going to let her answer. <laughs> You're so cute, Drew. Well, you know, I, my knee surgery a couple of weeks ago, I was standing that whole time. Oh, no, no, no. No uh, good. Sit on that. I, no good. No. And, and you, you know st- what I had to do this morning? I told Susan. So um, standing for that long was starting to. No good. No are good. you still in the same house in Orange County on the cliffs? Um, no. Sold that. Okay. Um, um, Mindy and her husband, um, she was an anchor woman. They just sold it for $30 million. What? Oh what? Yeah. My old house that I built from the ground what up. Is, what did Jenny just say? She threw up. Do you want to throw up? <laughs> <laughs> I'm a social worker, right? Like, like social work money. <laughs> Oh my 36, God. $36 an hour. That's yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, that, there's something to that, that the first responders make hardly anything. Yeah. Social workers make hardly anything. Counselors make hardly anything. Teachers make hardly anything. But yeah. gamblers make millions of dollars. Hotels yeah. make millions of dollars. Equity funds, millions of dollars. Our society is backwards to who we think we are. Well, mm-hmm. it's been that way for yeah. a long time. It's not a meritocracy by any chance. Huh? No. It's not based on merit. It's 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 based on these social values that we've built up around us. Yeah, it's a, it's a it's a well, people spend more money at casinos than they do on therapy, Jenny, and y'all are going to have to you get used to it. Well, that's how they end up in therapy, Bob, and you know it. <laughs> well, we were talking about the guy. I mean, the, if they keep asking if he was mentally ill. The guy gambled 14 hours a day, seven days a week, 365 days a year for two decades. Yes. Is he mentally ill? Yeah. <laughs> mm. Let me get out my DSM. Yeah. So, so, but wait, I, wait, I just, I have wait. optimism. What? Jenny, what kind of, what's this, the kind of baby you're having? Boy or girl? Boy or girl. So, so yeah, so it's a vaginated human being. So <laughs> there you go. We'll see how she identifies okay. once she comes right. out. But, uh, yeah, little girl. but it's terrifying to think that, like, uh, that uh, my little girl, because if I had had, if I had had a cell phone that took pictures, because I did not when I was in high school, there is no doubt that I would have used that to distribute pictures of myself 
to at least one or two men that I had been trying to pursue. And that those, um, they were not men at the time. They were 16 year old boys, right? Like I would have used that as a mechanism to get attention and power. And like thinking about raising my daughter in a world where we have to have laws about, you know, kids sending each other dick pics. What am I going to do? I don't know. But listen, <sighs> well, here, here. You just conversation, open dialogue. Well, no, yeah. you know what? Here, let me let me propose this because I was yeah. I was uh, watching I was watching Bob's favorite show, which is Teen Mom. I love it. And, and, <laughs> and Bob, one of the, one of the I'll bet you Jenny's been watching it since she got pregnant. <laughs> Bob, are you telling me <laughs> she is? For some reason, when women get pregnant, no matter the level of education, they become obsessed <laughs> with Teen Mom. Okay, so. <laughs> Bob, do you agree with uh, with children with babies having babies? No, 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 no. no. It, it's 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 the it's, it's the well the the kids are the moms are twenty five now. And, and, Some of them are thirty now. No, twenty six, the oldest. Oh, okay. And and huh. Kaylin, yeah, uh, not Javi. Uh, what's the little kid's name? Oh crap! Okay, one of the little kids. It, it was talking. She, you know, the 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 first father of the three men that had babies with Kaylin um, was saying, you know, I think he's he's seems a little sad, depressed, and she's like, he's fine, he's fine, he's fine. He talks to me all the time. We talk all the time. And finally, she goes, fine. yeah. She goes, what? She goes, are you happy being? A, you know, is there? Are you happy? Mm, would you like something? And he starts crying, and he goes over to his father, and he starts hugging him. And I thought. Uh. And she goes, what's the problem? We talk all the time. And the dad goes, I can call you anytime. We can talk on the phone whenever you need to be. He goes, I just want everybody living together. I live nearby. We talk on the phone. And I thought that was a great example to me of how we have lost sight of the fact that human children in development to develop landscapes of emotional regulation, what we're talking Mm -hmm. about here, must have proximity to the bodies of their parents yeah. mm-hmm. it's yeah. body to body transmission talking is way overdone talking yeah. is way yeah. overvalued it's just yeah. and, and the child just 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 projected this to the world he would come talk to dad and then she goes what and she talked to him and then the other little boy hugged the they, he just wanted the bodily the new episode uh it's probably about episode 10 i don't know if it's aired yet Which are you talking mm. about with Teen Mom. On Teen Mom. Teen Mom. And I thought this, somehow somebody said something about talking or one of you got something to talk. I thought, you know what? It, it, we Talking way overvalued. It's not way overvalued. Yeah. It's, it's, it's proximity. Enough. It's bodies relating. That's why this this wouldn't work for a child development across a Skype or anything or a oh, phone. No. No. We've lost track but, of that. But you have to start somewhere. Yes, yes. And, you know, and whether it's the, the conversation starts with I'm going to take you to the park and talk to you about it or look at this situation, but you've got to start as it's got to start somewhere. And our words and our actions speak. It's got to be in the bed. It's got to be there. You do. You just got to be home. Yes. And that's why these all the broken families and stuff. I worry about these kids and the Me dads too. are moving away, away. And they, uh, well, and people back spend to all their time on their uh, to defend, to defend us, Divorced dads, mm. for one second. There are married dads that are never home. That are checked out, yeah? Yeah. yeah, yeah. No, they're never home. If you live in Rancho Cucamonga and you work in downtown LA, mm-hmm. you've got a two-hour commute back and forth. That's four hours. You work eight and a half. That's 12 and a half hours. Your kids are going to be asleep when you leave. They're going to be asleep when ready for bed when you get home. 
And so, yeah. you know, we're just all trying to do the best we can. But yeah, human beings contact. I'm just saying that right. that's a, we, we got to reprioritize that. Is all I'm saying. I'm not saying you have to be. Well, Tani did a strange thing, didn't you? When you got a divorce, you just moved next door. Yeah. Wasn't yeah yeah. Well, I mean, that was a coping strategy. No, that's that, that's what I'm talking about. Yeah, no, we actually continued to date for, you know, a decade after we got divorced. You're kidding. No, and every holiday, you know, every Christmas we we, we were divorced, but we take the kids to New York for the snow and... Did you know that too? I knew that. I knew he was very involved with the kids, and the, but they the, live next door to each other. Yeah, they live next door. But I'm saying that that's a that's a solution. That's yeah. fine with me. I have no problem mm-hmm. with that. It's no different yeah. than being in different beds or different bedrooms. Or, you know, <clears throat> but to move across town, well, okay. Well, now it's now it's yeah. different. But yeah. but where, how do we get into this? We, we were well, we're t- because of the we're trying to we want our daughters to grow up free of sexual harassment free of objectification and we have to have dialogues about it you can't just sweep it under the rug oh it's all going to be better now because harvey weinstein's going away or never going to make movies again you know what i mean and 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 i have a daughter too and i wonder how do you see i'm i i'm a strange person in my philosophy i think madonna's girl power sexual empowerment that I think was very popular with women that I'm sexual I'm a sexual being and I own my sexuality I'm I'm empowered and that's what empowers me mm-hmm. was maybe a, it maybe it gave it gave you a gain on the one hand and you lost a lot on the other hand well it, do you understand what I'm saying well, Jenny yeah yeah I understand. Yeah. Well, let me pro- let me propose what uh, Bob's saying differently. There was a uh, Williams College student in the '90s wrote a book as part of her her thesis, and it turned into a book called "A Return to Modesty." And she argued, contrary to what Bob was just saying, uh, uh, the exact opposite of the Madonna thing, which is that holding on, being contained and modest, was a way of exerting power. And that that's where I wanted to go. Is and somehow we've got to mm. we've got to talk about the topic of power because that's really what's mm-hmm. overlying all of this. You know, where where is women's power? How do they retain their power? How, How did these power? events happen? The girls yeah. had no power, the guy had all the power. Right? Mm-hmm. And right. Which leads us to a, an entirely different conversation, which I'm sure maybe I Jennifer can relate to this, that sometimes us women can be our own worst enemies. A lot of women don't like to see other women succeed. Oh, that's a lot of that. why there's not a lot of women at the top. Okay, so that's, that's a, not that's, true. No, 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 no. But, but, but her point is well taken is that women do knock each other down a bit rather than supporting each other. They do. Right. So I, I'll buy into that, but I do not. I like the women why, the reason why women are not at the top is the same reason why we don't have like a lot of people of color who have PhDs and it's because historically we haven't let people of color into institutions that give them PhDs. Like the people who are making like hiring decisions are deciding against women. So statistically women are hired on experience and men are hired on potential. And so if, if two resumes come in that look the exact same and the name is the identifying factor between them, the guy is going to get the gig based on like, what he might be able to do for the company versus the woman who's already supposed to have this incredible trajectory. It's like working in hospitals. You have to have worked in a hospital in order to get a hospital job, but you have to have a hospital job in order to work in a hospital. It's like being an after. Yeah. You can't yeah. 
that yeah. part unless you're done yeah. a TV show. And you can't do a TV show unless you have your after. Exactly. Exactly. But but but, my, my, but the, that's changing though. And who's the head of Facebook? Who's the CEO of Facebook? His sister. A woman. His, right? his sister. It's Mark's sister, isn't it? Huh? No. Mark's, no, it's, it's not her. It's not his sister. Well, but she's okay. she's also a powerful person yeah, at Facebook. Yes. But but, but no, companies are changing as as the new generation of business leaders get younger. And, and, and I'm also a little surprised mm-hmm. to hear Jenny you talking about academia as being somehow limiting. I mean, my sons are now applying to graduate level programs, and as a white male, there are many programs that are good ones that they need not totally. they need not apply to because they're yep. white yep. male. That's right. So, so yeah. it's, I'm talking it's, about it is the, uh, it's people the other are, way. It is the other yeah. way now. Yeah. Now, now, now well, specifically because if you look at all of the all of the all of the uh, professors who are tenured and already in place, there it's a bunch of white dudes, right? Just, a bunch I, of no, older white that, males. That, and they'll all die, yeah. which will be good for like <laughs> everybody else, but uh, oh I, I mean, not for you know. <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> uh, I, I I I don't want them to all die, and and I I mean Drew. Everybody else at the school does. No, no, she she yeah. means there'll be a well, gener- generational shift, and the, the generation yeah. the next generation. Drew, you know what I meant when yeah. I said that about women, how we're our own. No, yes, I. No, oh, well, yeah. there's two two ways. You, I, uh, two things occurred to me oh, when yeah. you said that, Tony. One was. That women knock each other down and attack each other, and they're starting about age 12. It's intense. I've never seen them like it. Wait till you have your, see your daughter go through that, Jenny. And I know Tony's just been through all that a decade or so ago, number one. But the other thing is you women internalize or look inwardly for whatever circumstance they find themselves in rather than realize. Like, like uh, uh, Lauren Savan is a good friend of mine, and she was the number two woman to talk about Harvey Weinstein's behavior. She was the one with the potted plant. Right, she was cornered down in the basement in New York City by him, and he masturbated on, on and finished in the plant next to her. Oh my god! Yeah, and she is the she is this super bright, super high powered uh, journalist who doesn't suffer fools gladly, but she yeah. was stuck, and you know his guy outweighs her by two hundred pounds, and yeah, she was yeah. and, and she had was trying to figure out what was going on. She said it was just processing; it was impossible, and. Uh, and then she immediately went into, well, what did I do to, you know, how did I cause this? Yep. Which is, that, that's what the kind of thing I thought of when, when Tony said we were our worst enemies. And then Manip would then ask her later, well, why didn't you just run out of there? Why didn't you kick him? She's like, no, no, I'm busy trying to figure out and blame myself. And, <laughs> right. and by the way, he outweighed me 200 yeah. pounds. I was frozen in place. You know, and, and, but the point being, women do take on inordinate amount of responsibility for things mm-hmm. that really have nothing to do with them. That's true. That's true. Yeah. And, and Drew, is it? I thought I heard that they were going to like start trying to lift these. I can't believe that there is a um, what's it called uh, a statute of limitation. That's Gloria, Gloria Allred's trying to limit some of the. Okay. Of, it's very short okay. yeah. for sexual harassment in particular. It's very short. It takes women sometimes. Something happened to me that I was talking. I told I didn't get into the details with Susan um, Pinsky. Yeah, but I did tell her that because I knew I was doing the show, I remembered something, and mm. um, from, from like thirty years ago that happened to me, and I, and I was just thinking if I was uh, any other type of person, and I wanted to go after this person, it's like a uh, lady. Sorry. No can do. You you should have come to the realization that that was what it was. 
10 years ago. Yeah. And I, yeah, I think the statute of limitations, well, let's get back to Jenny's point. The law is made by men for mm-hmm. men and the mm-hmm. law and the statute of limitations in California for sexual harassment is two years. Oh, is that right? It's is ridiculous. Crazy. It's right? Two years? Yeah. For sexual no harassment. I had no idea it was that short. And, and, and who made that law? Women who were sexually harassed? You're getting love on. Um, hey, Dr. Drew. Love you, Dr. Drew. Oh, yeah. Everybody <laughs> on Instagram. I'm going live on Instagram and oh, everybody Instagram. loves you. Instagram. And Rob, they love you, too. Do they have questions? Oh, they I, love yeah, you. This Bob, may be the first Bob time I've seen Jenny in a long time. Yes. Questions for Jenny. Probably. Yes. Oh, shucks. Noelle, <laughs> Noelle's on a lot. She said, how about the military? Remember when we when we heard about all those females being harassed? Yeah. It feels like they've taken care oh, of that's that. right. I like think they do a better job at almost everything than the regular public well, does. They, they don't have to. They don't have to take consensus. They just have fiats. They just go this way. It's going to be, and that's the way it yeah. is. Yeah. And, so here's an interesting thing, Jenny. Tell me what you think. Yeah. I grew up in an era where gay people were hidden away and ashamed. Right, gay men. I grew mm-hmm. up in the '60s in Palm Springs. A lot of gay men, and rumor and talk, and oh, he owns a hair salon and all kinds of stuff. Right? No, not longer shameful to be a gay man in America, nor a lesbian well, in America. Still, transgender was strange. It was yeah. a different category. Yeah, yeah. Th- through till here recently. Yeah, yeah. Now it's a, it's a thing. S- acceptable norm. No yeah. shame to it. Um, a lot of a lot of advancement in the removal of shame for transgender people has been done by by Caitlyn Jenner for sure. Mm-hmm. It's been, right, mm-hmm. still a lot of racism, prejudice, whatever you want to say. But in general, the public is more accepting of all these different things that there used to be a lot of shame associated with. Okay. But yet there is one category of person that shame has stayed consistent and deep and... Uh, and wait, hang on a second. Have we ever discussed this? No. Okay, so it's, I'm going to guess. I'm going to guess. Fat. Oh, I'm no, guess. well, that's a new one that's coming, I think. Yeah, okay. Drug addict. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Drug addict. Yeah. People that I counsel who are drug addicts will say, I'm glad I go to AA because saying alcoholic is a lot better. I'm like, then drug addict. And I, I, you know what I mean? I wonder when is alcoholic drug addict shame going to go away? And then the new thing that's going to come is fat shame. It's going to grow and grow and grow. I'm just, I, I think we have added to shame and stigma in addiction by changing, changing the nomenclature. I'm so strongly against that. You can't use the word addict anymore. Paint I'm first a drug yeah. addict. I know you're a junkie. <laughs> I know, and you're proud of it. I'm proud of it. <laughs> Dr. Drew, you're not allowed to what? You, there's a new nomenclature, Jenny. You knows can't this. say addict. You yeah. have to say substance yes. use disorder. And, and yeah. substance use disorder. It's the craziest thing I ever heard in my life. Yeah. But is but is it? I mean, so the the idea is that like the person comes first. So when we categorize people only by addict or alcoholic, that becomes the entirety of their identity. No, it isn't. Right? No, it isn't. No, it isn't. No, I'm, I'm Bob, and I'm badass, and I'm a drug addict. And no, no more than I'm. Right. Hyper, I'm hypertensive. So what? It's, I'm hypercholesterolemic. So what? But, Yo, you should be ashamed your of yourself. Is. No, I am. The, Screw that. I yes. am. Yes. Oh, okay. Okay. Bob's brain is a drug addict. Oh, no, for not sure. Bob. Not Bob. Yeah, no, I'm, I'm but, for sure but there's, a drug there's addict. Something, <laughs> there's something about it, though, that is so just gen- multi-generational, decade after decade. Yeah. There's just the shame, shame about being a drug addict because it suggests yep. lack of willpower. Well, and not, yes, because mm-hmm. we have real pro- lack of free choice. Mm-hmm. We can't stand that in this country. But, but Jenny, did you, you remember my lecture? I don't know if you, get, if you probably forget it now, but... 
I tried to reduce stigma and shame by pointing out that addiction is a evolved vo- version of the human. I know, and that's the yeah. the bio- biological genetic side. I'm saying all the coolest people are drug addicts. Yeah. Jimi Hendrix, John <laughs> Lennon, Bob Dylan, <laughs> J- Dylan Thomas, mm-hmm. Raymond Chandler. Just list all the greatest artists in history. They're all yeah. drug addicts and yeah. alcoholics. Yeah. Why yeah, are I mean, people not the, wanting to be that, like that? Both, both... Both of you, Drew and Bob, have done, you know, both of you have done tremendous work to normalize it. I mean, aside from some, some chat that you gave, Drew, you both participated in a really popular show that put drug addiction and alcoholism on across the face of America and made it um, accessible to people. Like, we would never think that the people that you brought onto the show had any problems, let alone the most to be shamed problem that there is in this. Well, country, how about which the, the, the courage that they had to go to do that to everyone? That was it on got the more show. and more courageous as time went on. I think the first couple of, of seasons, the people didn't know what they were getting into. <laughs> they didn't understand. But what was then, happening. by the time you get to season well, J- three, J- like Jenny, well, Jenny was the, one of the most had the most classic version of what you intended <laughs> to do, as opposed to yeah. what happened. Very different. Like, T- tell pretty, Bob. Tell Bob. Well, so I mean, when I when I checked into sex rehab, it was with the intention of becoming more famous because obviously I was a sex addict. I was a porn star. It was like an occupation. You forget hazard. that I rented your apartment and I could never listen. I watch Law and Order in that apartment. <laughs> so much. Dun dun. <laughs> bum, 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 bum. Do you know the story, Drew? I do know the story. <laughs> I had not oh, thought so of it in 10 years, but I, I do know the story. I would be sitting in there and I would think of her. <laughs> no, no, but, but, but Bob, you're right. Like uh, Addiction and drug addiction very specifically is still so demonized. I mean, even even at the insurance level. So oh, I, yeah. I just recently worked with somebody who was desperate to get into uh, a, a rehabilitation center, but she needed... They wouldn't do a detox from heroin from her. Jenny, they won't do opiate. Do you understand? We've been dealing with this for thirty years. We we have been we have we have people that need six months of treatment. The insurance pay for three days. No, but she's the new thing is they won't even authorize. Uh, Listen, they will get away with whatever they can. And what I've always said is that there's no one to advocate for drug addicts. That's see the problem. The problem you have, Jenny, is you got licensed. See, I'm only certified, and I can tell an addict. Didn't you take a lot of benzos also? Weren't you taking benzos? And the guy's like, well, I mean, when I had to go back to sleep after five days of being awake, of course I took as many benzos as I could get my But I tell the clients, I guide the clients to the statement. The oh, benzos uh, will get because here's the thing: nine out of ten times they are taking benzos and they just don't think it's a real drug. Do you understand yeah, what I'm saying? Totally. So, so, oh, yeah. So he, you game the gamers, Bob's saying, is you tell them he's taking... I pull a junkie him. move. You tell them it's not the opiates, <laughs> it's the benzos they need detox from. So, gosh, if you were taking benzos, you'd get 10 days detox. So I have, <laughs> I have a question. Okay, go ahead. What do you think about Harvey Weinstein's addiction problem? Do you think he has one? All right, so let's, no, go, it's, let's go around the horn. It's, it's uh, obvious he does, but, but that's... Well, see, the question, but is, let's, let me phrase the question this way. Is he a drug addict? Is he a, is he a sex addict? A bad person or both? 
Jenny. But it, let's stop. Let's Hang not on. use. Let's not use words like bad person. Is he a trauma survivor that caused him to have a shattering? Who his personality is so distorted. Yes, that he's a bad right, person. That he's a bad person. <laughs> okay. Yes. I'll okay. That. Well, Tani knew him when she was in her twenties. So right, like, and she before didn't he, he became more. Right, and he was fine. Then. And he was fine. Yeah, that's her point. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. And you'll get reports of that yeah, so, throughout, so, right? So, so there's there's a real possibility of bringing restoring him back to that guy that you knew, Tony, twenty years ago. But maybe that's it's what just- I, that's what you would hope. But I think I think now what's happened? Hang on, what, what, Tony? What are you saying? Well, I, Drew, I think you're absolutely right because if that was the case, that he was a blanket. Uh, um, sexual harassment guy. Predator. It, a predator. A predator. Thank you. My SAT scores weren't that high. Um, um, I'm joking. But, Don't talk uh, about yourself like that, Tommy. Here we go. Women Come again. On. Women. Come I'm on. Self-deprecating, and I'm fine with that. Um, but I, then, then I, it doesn't make any sense that he didn't do that to me, except for the only thing that makes sense is he really wanted to date me. He well, didn't but that's okay. Me. It's not the predator. It's fine. He was a human being, had attractions. He but wanted here's to the have thing. a relationship. Has he been so dehumanized now that there that it's they making it impossible for him? Because there is a media storm about it. Yeah, yeah. No. It's almost like he's not a human being well, anymore. And, and to be fair, and, and uh, Jenny, maybe you'll bear me up on this. I mean, there's a there's a real suicide risk here too. Yeah. yeah. This is a human yeah, being. I, I think- Human being, he has bad sex addiction. He has some trauma stuff that made this horrible self-esteem issue and this need for power. And and he does exploit women with power and control. And is inexcusable. He should take the consequences for that. But could he be treated, Jenny? Well, I mean, I, I think it's. I don't think it's a but. I don't. I think it's an and. Yes. And I think he could. Yeah, of course, right. I think he could be treated. Yeah. I don't know that his reputation and his career can be treated or rehabilitated. But that's where the but comes in. I think what's important is that he get some sort of treatment so that he can restore himself to the person that he once was. I mean, chances are, like, uh, he probably doesn't feel real great about himself. At some point in the day, there has to be some little glimmer, glimmer of humanity in there that that says what he's doing is not the right thing. Um, and it will be challenging for any of us to ever know whether or not any treatment he goes through is actually an authentic sort of push to get that's, better. That's, we'll like, that's we'll what see. I'm talking we'll about. See. That, yeah. that, that do, you, whole... do you treat much sex addicts now, Jenny? Um, I, I don't. Uh, well, no. I mean, in the, in the past year, I have had maybe one person who has but I've, I've had identified a couple, as but a it, sex addict. But aren't you noticing more and more, it's not the sexually acting out as much as the porn and the internet and well, the snap. No, but that's who's coming into treatment. This Harvey Weinstein is a different animal. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This, is, yeah. this is, like you said, Bill Clinton, Tiger Woods. That, this is an old school well, predatory, predatory yeah. behavior. And, and, you know, I just, you know, I just think he's been really dehumanized by media, which is back to your Aztec thing, right? Back to my Aztec thing. Oh, we have to sacrifice somebody, yeah. Sacrifice him, and and it's, his blood will cleanse Hollywood. Yeah. Right? That's That's really a narrative that's going on. And, you know, and I I like, and I I notice when women speak up and say, this isn't going to change anything, they get attacked. 
right? Mm -hmm. Because Hollywood wants to believe, like Las Vegas wants to believe, it's the safest place in the world. It's Las Vegas. Hollywood's the greatest place in the world. Your dreams can come true. Those dreams, more often than not, involve people being taken advantage of, abused by power, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, Hollywood Boulevard is a pretty sad street. Intern rooms are pretty sad places. (laughs) Yeah. And so, meaning what? Powerless? Well, I mean, like, my husband was an intern uh, and he happened to work for a a solid guy at a solid company and they pay crap. Uh, They don't, well, they don't pay when they're interning and they put a ton of the workload on the interns. I mean, internship in Hollywood is like the holy grail. And it is the biggest shit job that there is. Yeah. No, there's a shittier job. There's a shittier job nowadays. Rehabs that are trying to cut corners are having mostly students that are unpaid do groups, document, and do one on ones and document and bill insurance with students oh. doing it. They can't bill insurance. Yeah, they can because there's a supervisor who signs off on them. So I have an intern. That's bananas. I have an intern and I'm having her do some groups and I'm having her do some one-on-one and some resource brokering. But it's only for our patients who can't otherwise afford Afford. treatment. That's where it should be. It's all free. And also I don't bill. Like I've built the role so that nobody in my position can bill because it's ridiculous. People aren't going to come see me if they get billed for that. Mm. Yeah. Well, um, that's I just, it. Somebody uh, Instagrammed and, and brought up something that we've uh, hasn't been in the conversation. This person said, I grew up in Pennsylvania. Everyone on here and you know you should ask uh, that who should be asking for help is Jerry Sandusky. Mm. This person says it's way too late. He's done. Right. There's a certain point at which the con- the, if you don't get treatment – just like with heroin addiction, you die, or you, or you have such severe consequences that there's no turning back. But this is, but the Penn State thing is another interesting thing. Penn State football has moved on. They took Joe's statue down. They're number yeah. one in the country. Everybody's moved on. We love this three, four, five days of intense twenty-four hour talking, followed up by real intellectual conversations for another week, and then move on. That's the American phenomenon of these things. And we need to stop and look at Vegas and look at Harvey Weinstein and look at Penn State and really change. Now, Bob, let me ask you a question. Do you think that social media helps that or inflames that? That, well, it's a, you know. I'm going to argue it makes everything worse on twofold, threefold. One one is it, it... creates the mob that accelerates whatever the feeling is on a primitive level. It mm-hmm. The mob then needs some sort of um, blood. blood. So there's some sort of mm-hmm. bloodlust that gets acted out on. Um, mm-hmm. There's a catharsis afterward that is filled with guilt that needs some sort of resurrection. And I think the resurrection is the moving on. I think we, I think we have a resurrection fantasy of some type that we can, we can, we can have a catharsis followed by a resurrection of something better. It's so funny you brought up Penn State. God, ever since this subject of Hollywood's come up, that's never even crossed my mind. Me neither. This just happened two years ago. Yeah, yeah. That's crazy. Yeah, a hometown. I was fifteen. I did that. Yeah, I. It's it, that's what's you know talking about the power if it's bad or not. 
we none of us ever mentioned Jerry Sandusky. Yeah. That is crazy. Yeah, and and it's the, and the speed of the social media, the speed with which we move on to the next thing. It's just Penn State's <laughs> number one, you know. Exactly. Oh, how Penn State? Penn State. Well, look it up. Dodgers. They, I know the Dodgers are on in a little while. All right, you guys. Oh, I shouldn't have brought the Dodgers. You, you, you were dismissed. <laughs> gotta, Everybody I dismissed. Get home for the Dodger game. I got an oh hour drive. Go wow. Dodgers! Wow, you're pretty transparent there, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to start at two thirty. Right, fair enough. Fair enough. I reminded him. Uh, but but any, let, let me give you guys last crack at, at the the power issue and how because because this one this, for me this Weinstein Weinstein story, I mean a lot of the other ones have been about addiction and whatnot, but this one really was about power more vividly than any of the other ones. Yeah. Uh, and did we learn anything? Is there something specific we can do in response to this? E, e, who wants to start? Tani. It's it's so difficult. I think just like the story that I I told Susan. 20 years ago happened to me. I didn't, I wasn't old enough, wise enough. I was too scared to tell anybody. Well, so no, Tani. So my, my simple, you've already brought up the answers. I think about it. It's keep, keep, hold on to your power, women. And and if you see something, say something, right? It's just like any other crime. And, and, and and then I would, my third chapter to that would be to add on something Jenny said, which is, this is what change change looks like. We're we're in it. Yes, we're in it. Is that, that about right? I think that is absolutely fair. And Jenny, you're right. We are in it. Yeah, this is it. Yeah. You think this is really the change? This case is going to no really the change. process of change. The process. No, I think this is this is transition. Yeah. This is this is a long, painful transition filled with a million tiny explosions of change. Yeah. And I, I think if we delude ourselves into thinking that one big incident will be the inciting factor to create this institutional systemic change, we're never going to get what we need to do because it's a lie. That's not how systemic change works. We keep working at it. We keep talking about it. We keep identifying where power and privilege are failing people and where they're serving people. And then, and then it keeps getting dismantled. We were talking about it a long time ago and now we are. Yeah. I think that's good. I think that's the right way to summarize it. Uh, Anything else producer? No, they're just, you know, they're talking about Harvey being in intensive therapy to try to save his career and, if if and, that's why he's there, as Jenny said, the the authenticity of his participation will be called into question. Is but recovery. why in Europe? And they, I heard he went to I heard he went to Meadows, Jenny. I don't know if you heard. I heard he went to oh no, I don't Meadows know. is a good be program. A good place for him. Yeah, it's a perfect yeah, it's place a great for program. Him. Yeah, that, that's when I heard that. I went okay. Well, yeah, I shouldn't watch. I shouldn't watch entertainment well, you, tonight. Originally, for my <laughs> originally they said UK, <laughs> and then I heard Meadows, and then I heard when they weren't clear. And then he was going to go to court and not to treatment of that. if he goes to treatment there's a possibility of recovery that's all always a possibility yeah. all right ladies thank you so much for joining us appreciate it thank you everybody on facebook and uh, thank you all for listening so take a knee everybody and we'll see you next time all right it is fall and your immune system is about to get tested everybody not only does the changing weather mark the start of cold and flu season it's also back to school time when kids become walking petri dishes While catching something may be inevitable, there is no excuse for letting yourself get dehydrated in the process. So when you're wiped out with cold or flu, the first piece of advice, always to drink plenty of fluids, but we seem to forget that. Now once you've started feeling dehydrated, it's already too late for water or sports drinks. Rapid rehydration requires the proper balance of sodium, glucose, and water, and nothing gives this like hydrolyte. 
Hydrolyte's formulation is based on established, proven science, and it is the simply best rehydration product I've found in this country. Hydrolyte comes in great flavors, orange berry lemonade, and it's available in a pre-mixed drink, powder, or what I prefer, those effervescence tablets. You just drop in a glass of water or a bottle of water. Off you go. It's like your own portable IV, but you can do it enterally. Compared to sports drinks, Hydrolyte delivers up to four times the electrolytes with 75% less sugar. Hydrolyte solutions are appropriate for all ages, and each bottle or package includes easy-to-use, easy-to-follow instructions. You can find Hydrolyte at Rite Aid or online at Amazon.com. And for a limited time, our listeners can save 30% on Hydrolate. Just click the banner on our site, drdrew.com, 30% off. Great deal. Do it. Remember, you can find all these podcasts at drdrew.com. The Dr. Drew Podcast, the This Life Podcast, and the Adam and Drew Podcast, which is available five days a week. Find them all on iTunes and rate us five stars. Subscribe and get it first. And if you're really happy, click on the Amazon banner at drdrew.com to help support the show. We'll thank you for it. If you join the email list via drdrew.com slash contact, we'll send you a weekly infusion newsletter with Dr. Drew's News. We're so grateful when you get in touch. We read all your emails and we'll bring you the subject matter you want to hear about. You live.